It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, Internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 381-381-4567 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And we welcome you into the June 2nd, 2011 version of the Virtual Bible Study. We're glad that you're here and we look forward to your participation on the program tonight. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is, as usual, across the table from me. Welcome, Dan. Jacob, great to be with you on Thursday night. We always look forward to an opportunity to get together on the Internet and talk about Bible things. And uh, I think we've got something to talk about tonight that's going to really be of interest to our listeners. It's probably one of the most concerning programs we've had in quite a while. You know, it's actually something that some of us have talked about in the past and predicted it might be happening, but it, it, it has started in Savannah, Georgia. We have on the line with us Larry Wright, who's the preacher for the Garden City Church of Christ, uh, and I guess that's actually in Garden City, Georgia, which is a suburb of Savannah. Larry, welcome to the Virtual Bible Study. Thank you very much. Uh, Larry, you uh, you are uh, not known probably to a lot of the people who are listening, but I think you've got an interesting story to tell us. You, you The church there has been uh, suffering some intense criticism and pressure in the Savannah community because of a billboard or a, a, a marquee sign that you all put up uh, uh, there at the church building, and you've gotten a lot of kickback uh, in the community because it, it basically condemned homosexuality. Uh, yes, indeed. That is exactly what happened. We typically put that board up uh, uh, each month for a member or just place a scripture on the board. And uh, so we haven't had any really feedback at all until, of course, this, this time we used the Scripture over in First uh, Corinthians, the sixth chapter, verses nine through eleven. There, where they talked about, uh, you know, amongst other things, homosexuals, adulterers, drunk, uh, will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's what we posted on the sign, along with the, the scripture. And that, you that, uh, <laughs> that one thing began to, to create a little bit of a, a stir among uh, really one woman that really created the the. Uh, that started this all off. She came and visited us on a Sunday, and uh, we talked to her and explained that we, we stand behind the scriptures. She seemed to be fine with our explanation and didn't think we were a hate group, but then she left there and began to go to other news stations and, and uh, just kind of stirred up a little bit of a stir there. So you basically, I saw the sign on, on the Internet. You didn't make any commentary. You just basically quoted a, a part of that passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 11. You just put up, uh, uh, obviously the sign has limited space, you didn't put it all up, but you put up part of that sign which condemns certain sins, including homosexuality, and this is what's caused the kickback. I tell you what we have, Larry, we have uh, a video clip from one of the news stations in Savannah, WSAV. We're going to play that for our audience right now, so hang on for a couple minutes. Apparently minutes. this was just one of, of all the yeah. network stations, apparently, Larry, that cover, covered this story, correct? Yes, all of them covered it. This, the, the clip that you have is the more, uh, the most detailed uh, of all of them. Okay, well, we're going to play that. Hang on, Larry. We're going to play that so our audience kind of gets up to speed with what you're dealing with, and we'll be back to you just as soon as this clip plays through. Dan? Well, some okay. are calling it the Word of God, while others are calling it a message of intolerance. Regardless, it's getting a lot of people's attention. The sign outside a church in Garden City reads, Homosexuals, drunks, adulterers shall not inherit the kingdom of God. It is part of an actual verse from 1 Corinthians in the Bible. But the message didn't sit well with one woman who passes by the church to get to work. I want to say they show prejudice as far as I'm concerned. I mean, because um, I'm not a religious fanatic, but I do believe we're all God's children and we all should be welcome in the church. And if I read that sign and I was a homosexual, an adulterer, or an alcoholic, I wouldn't be welcome there. It is from the Bible, though. That's correct. It is from the Bible, but it's not the whole passage. And I don't, my firm belief is Christ believes that everybody deserves to be in the kingdom of God and doesn't take exception. 
Found News 3's Tuquin Mock talked to the leader of the church about the sign and has reaction from a local gay rights activist. The Garden City Church of Christ is a small church that's gaining lots of attention thanks to this marquee outside. Evangelist Larry Wright says they've never had problems with the sign before. Some of our members here, what they do is they sign up on a sheet, they sign up for a month, and they basically uh, will pick out scriptures and put up on the board. Wright acknowledges the verse in 1 Corinthians is longer than they posted. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. He says they're just trying to spread the word of God and didn't have enough room on the sign. Upset and mad, that's not the point of it. We want them to, um, to look at what is there. That's God's message to them as to all of us. But gay rights activists say the sign is like a slap in the face. We've been promoting, you know, this sense of, you know, tolerance and equality and unity within the Savannah community. And then it's like, bam, one of our local churches is just going to come right outspoken with it. Cody Patterson of Act Out Savannah says other translations don't include homosexuals in the verse and he wishes they had posted the rest of it. The church is supposed to be there to you know spread God's word to other people but if you're going to ostracize people and kind of shame them away from your church then are you really spreading the message of God? He hopes they'll take the sign down. They managed to offend people so now it's kind of the ball is in their court. I mean, of course, they have the ability to change that sign. Tuquin Mock, WSAV News 3. Well, Wright says the church has had several emails supporting their sign and one phone call opposing it. He says they're always willing to discuss the verse with the public. All right. Well, there it is. And uh, I guess my first question would be, Larry, there are groups who try to uh, be very inciting when they put out messages against homosexuality, God hates homosexuals, and so on. We, In fact, Larry, we, we have had in the past an interview with the Westboro Baptist Church in which they say they, they use all kind of derogatory and, and inflammatory language like God hates fags and things like that. You didn't do any of that, right? You just put up a... I mean, a, were, you try, were you trying to be offensive when you put the sign up, or was the, the member who put that sign up, was it the objective to be offensive? Oh, I've got him muted. I'm sorry, Larry. There you go. Now we got you, Larry. We're back. We're back. In other words, your intention was not to incite people to some kind of a mad reaction, right? No, not at all. We, you know, what we do is we put scripture on that sign, and basically, you know, we we want to stand behind and put we we put scripture up there concerning anything that the Bible covers, and we consider it all more reasonably. So, not not at all. We are. Uh, we want people to hear the word of God, and we want to hear them to hear all of it. So it's, uh, uh, we don't shy away from anything. Neither do we we fabricate things to stir people up. If you'd like to talk to Larry, the number to call is eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. You can email questions at collegeu.com or send your comments in the chat room tonight. Larry, you said you, when we were talking to you off air just before we began, you said that you, you just yesterday began to get some sort of threats from some in the homosexual community there in Savannah. Tell us about that. Yeah, um, we haven't heard anything of uh, over the last couple of weeks. It's been it's been real quiet from that that side. And uh, but we received a letter in the mail, and it was basically addressed to me. And um, it was um, from the one of the the directors of operation for a group called uh, Savannah uh, Speak Out, or no, Savannah Ice Out is the name of it. And um, so basically, in the letter, the gentleman describes himself as being 73 years old and being born a homosexual and um, basically saying that his group is um, is really putting a lot of pressure on him to uh, to demonstrate and protest against our our church here, the way they put it. And uh, and he wanted to offer us the, the option of having him come in and speak to the, the Christians here so that we can kind of have a, a better understanding of the homosexual community as well as um, a better understanding of, uh, of you know, acceptance of, of, of the homosexual lifestyle. And uh, so you know, with the undertow, that I guess if we don't go along with that, then they'll be demonstrating here. And, so and, uh, so it was kind of a, one of those kind of letters. So we, it's just fresh off the presses because we got it last night, and I, I will... Uh, 
our intentions are to call them and, and offer them the ability to be able to study the Bible with them, we, we'd be glad to do that. Obviously, we're not going to let them uh, you know, address the, the congregation of God's people. So, in other words, they basically gave you an ultimatum. Either let them come in and have free access to, to say whatever they want to say in support of their homosexual agenda, or else they're going to protest uh, in front of the church there uh, when you all are assembled for worship. Hey, Larry, how about making them a deal? If, if they'll let you come and speak to one of their uh, uh, groups, then you could they could come and speak to yours. Yeah, I my, what, what I will, uh, you know, once I get in touch with this, Jim, I tried to call it a day. It didn't have any uh, luck to do with that. But uh, um, my approach will be is that we'll be glad to sit down with them with, uh, and open the scriptures up and explain to them what, where we stand and why we stand the way we do and and, uh, and represent the interests of God in, in that discussion with them. So uh, that's what will be on the, the agenda for them, at least, if they want to do that, because we certainly want to to have, take advantage of that opportunity to continue to, to, to present to God's word concerning that subject to them. Right. Earlier today, uh, we asked listeners to uh, direct any questions or comments that they might have to you, Larry, and uh, Frank in Indianapolis, Indiana, said, nothing of a surprise here. This is a sign of the sick society we are living in. Way too many people contribute these silly criticisms of our stance for the support of the Bible. This is going to be an interesting session, he said, and he appreciates uh, uh you and us taking the stand. Uh, Stacy in Richmond, Virginia, says, "Please tell Brother Larry uh, Wright to keep preaching the word." He references 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 12 through 17. So, uh, you've got some support there as well. Yeah, uh, I think a lot of people are really sympathetic to what you're doing there, Larry. Let me ask you: Have you got any second thoughts, any misgivings, anything you would have done differently if you had, if you if you could? rewrite history now and start over is there anything that you would have done differently in in the way this was done or or the the, the way the sign was worded or or anything at all absolutely not i would uh i would say that the only thing we have really wished we had a bigger sign because we would have uh would have liked to put the entire verse there um uh, but really what we do is we encourage our members to, to sign up for putting those scriptures up, and, and that's the thing we were, we say you, we don't want opinions there. We just want scripture on the, on the sign, but um, and they do that. So we support uh, the brothers and the sisters. Sometimes put that sign up, and, yeah. as well as we support well, well, the word of God. Larry, so, through through the years, Larry, so we, I've we been. Give sign. Yeah, I know. I I can completely sympathize with that. Through the years, it's been my duty to put up sign messages, and and it's hard. To to be able to get uh, really any kind of a lengthy text up there, you you usually have to pare it down and get it pretty short. And so, uh, some of the criticism on that news clip was that you didn't have the whole passage. Of course, it's a fairly uh, there's no way you could possibly get all of that passage on the signboard. But it is obvious that people need to be alerted to the fact that homosexuality uh, is a sin against God, and, and that's really at the heart of this. Don't you agree? It's not that this, the sign didn't have the whole passage or anything like that. People just don't want to hear uh, a, a condemnation of homosexuality. Exactly. The, the, the reality of this situation is, is on the other side of the sign, we had a passage from Leviticus that uh, basically stated, uh, where, where it states there that uh, uh, for a man to lie with a man as with a woman is an abomination. No, no attention was paid to that side of it. But the word homosexual being on the other side with the First Corinthians verse is the only thing that drew that attention. If we had uh, moved that off there, put anything else there, they wouldn't even probably understood or paid any attention to the other side. But when they saw the word homosexual, it was it was just the um, immediately that's where the, the response came and. And, you know, the, the, reaction, the, the reality of it is, is that the homosexual community has been bullying people around, and everybody's intimidated with them, but uh, the people of God are not. We're going to stand behind the Word of God. And, yeah. and you know, we're, uh, we're, it's wrong for us to, to, to avoid those things just to, to keep peace, I, I believe. A guest 700 in our chat room tonight, Larry, says, I wonder why the drunks and other, and other sins that were listed on the sign are not objecting publicly. Have you had any objections from any bars or any divorce uh, attorneys in Savannah? Absolutely not. We none whatsoever. And really the reality of it is the, the community in Garden City has been supported uh, from things we've gotten from people calling us here and encouraging us and 
you know, those, you know, good people uh, in the world that, uh, that, that are very supportive in this community. And, and the, really the backlash we've had, uh, just a couple people that uh, called and, you know, one of our young men here named Michael that does a lot of good work here for the Lord, they cursed him out and hung up on him. And, uh, and they, some of the blogs have said some pretty nasty things. But other than that, it's, uh, we've had no no complaints from anybody. We've had signs up there that uh, we, we put up there one time, God hates divorce out of Malachi, and nobody called, nobody said anything, you know. But, yeah. uh, and then you turn around here, but that one word is they, they like Hey, uh, uh, Larry, let me read you some of the things that are being said in our chat room, which is going on live while we're talking. Uh, one one person says, I can't believe they have been threatened. It should not surprise. Another says, it should not surprise us that this has come to our doorstep. It was going to happen sooner or later. Uh, Dean in Louisiana says, how do the objectors imagine that putting more of the verse up would change what it says about homosexuality? If you put the whole verse up there, they'd still be upset because it mentions homosexuality. I think it's right. Another guest uh, in the chat room says, my family and I have been to the Garden City Congregation in Savannah. Great group, very loving. We felt welcomed. Um, uh, let's see another says uh, that they're sure that it's because the homosexuals were pointed out specifically uh, is is why they're upset uh, uh, I got a, I got an email from uh, Perry in Chattanooga says quoting this passage is simply a plea to mankind to repent of their sins and submit to the will of God otherwise they cannot inherit the kingdom of God a person could quote or read other Bible verses as well. Revelation 21.8, Galatians 19, Galatians 5.19 through 21, which mentions specific sins and points out that these sins will keep one out of heaven. He asked, have you had an opportunity to explain to the community or to the media that the church is not trying to ostracize people by quoting 1 Corinthians 6, but that the passage simply points out that a person must repent of their sin before they can be accepted into the kingdom, and the passage mentions several specific sins. I, basically, Perry says, have you had a chance to explain, and I think you did on, on that video clip we played, you're not trying to ostracize people. You're just trying to explain the Word of God. Exactly right. We're presenting the Word of God, and we try to keep it that simple. And, and the, uh, the, the, the last clip you did was the fairest of all, because they allowed me to read the entire verse on the air, so which was wonderful. And... Um, uh, and the other stations, they, they were, the segments were a lot smaller, but in each case, we always reiterated, you know, the, the point is, is that is scripture. We stand 100% behind what God has said, and that's God speaking. We, we, and we, um, but and as far as us trying to anger people, that's, that's certainly, you know, we, and just we to, don't want that to happen. But just to comment, Larry, we'll do that. You, Larry, you did a great job in the interview getting your message out. I mean, I know that when you, when they interview you, they're rolling the tape the whole time, and they cut it up, and they make you say whatever you want. You did a great job of getting the message out uh, yeah. in the interview. Yeah, Perry goes on in an email to say, people have stated that you did not quote the entire passage. I believe you indicated this was because there was not enough room on the sign to do so. However, upon reading the entire passage, isn't God's message to man the same as what was indicated on the sign? The message there, uh, there are sins that will keep one out of heaven, and some Corinthians used to be guilty of some of those sinful things, but they repented and submitted to the will of God. In other words, you, you very well explained that. And, and if, if people are honest and if they're listening, of course, that's a big problem because even in, the, in Jesus' day, we know people closed their ears and shut their eyes so they wouldn't yep. see or hear the truth. Uh, that's what's happening. We need to take a break. But when we get, okay, Larry, can you stay through, the, through a break here? Okay. okay. When we get back, we do have one point of view, though, that is slightly negative of your approach. Yeah, there. we want to so read we'll, that and we'll get, get your reaction. We'll get your reaction to that, and we'll get your reaction as well, hopefully, on the phone at 877-381-4567. You can email questions at collegeu.com, and the chat room is uh, a buzz tonight. If you've not logged in, you can do so very easily there uh, following the instructions on your screen. We'll take a break and be back right after this. After these important messages, we'll be back to take your comments. Email them during this break. I'm Joel Gwynn, a member of the College View Church of Christ with something for you to think about regarding our children. A survey published in the periodical Pulpit Helps analyzed the question of faithfulness among the children of churchgoers. The results are interesting. It was found that faithfulness in kids was not a function of the size of the congregation, the number of classes and special programs sponsored by the church, the effectiveness of the youth minister. Instead, here is what was discovered. In cases where both parents were faithful, 
and active, 93% of their children remained faithful to their religious training. When only one parent was faithful and active, the percentage dropped to 73%. When parents were only reasonably active, attended services, but that's all, their kids remained faithful only 53% of the time. And finally, when the parents attended the assemblies only infrequently, the children's endured at a mere 6% level. The results of this survey are interesting, but not terribly surprising. We've known all along that people, including children, often learn more from example than from the words they hear. That's why Jesus said, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Matthew 5:16. Parents, have you considered applying Jesus' concept right there in your own home? Are you letting your light shine before your kids? Survey results. Our own common sense and the Bible tells us that this is the only hope that we have to bring them up here in God. Here are some quotes to ponder. You are responsible for what you do, no matter how you feel. You are in control of your attitude. You choose your attitude. Really great people do what has to be done, regardless of how they feel and regardless of the consequences. Man, I wish I'd said that. Missed a recent virtual Bible study program? Listen to any of our past programs from the archive section of our website. Now, back to the virtual Bible study. We welcome you back to the program tonight as we talk with uh, Larry Wright uh, in Savannah, Georgia, about uh, the uproar that uh, recently has been caused uh, in his community by a simple placement of a Bible passage which mentioned homosexuality and condemned it, and uh, he has the, uh, they have uh, got the homosexual community in an uproar. Uh, Larry, we got an email, or, or yeah, an email from uh, uh, Aaron, who's way on the other side of the world, listening in Singapore uh, uh, tonight, and he says some of the people interviewed in the news clip seem to think that preaching against sin might make sinners feel unwelcome in the church. It was frustrating to hear people say that they think Jesus would just happily welcome everybody, no questions asked, and with no expectations. Jesus did indeed welcome sinners, but with the messages, repent and go and sin no more, John 8, 11. That's what I expect to hear if I sin too. Uh, I think that's a, a really good observation. You, you're very welcoming to sinners. You, you'd be glad for homosexuals to come uh, to hear the gospel preached at the Garden City Church of Christ, and you would tell them what Jesus said, repent, go and sin no more. Uh, in other words, you're, you're trying to imitate Jesus. Uh, am I correct? Yes, we, we deem it as that uh, when they call us hate, we look at it as love because we're trying to warn them about the, the very things that God's going to hold them accountable mm -hmm. for. And if we don't do it, it's really an act of hatred towards them. So if we hated them, we would say nothing. And okay, just, so by saying something, it shows our love. All right, the number to call is 877-381-4567. Email questions at collegeview.com. All right, Larry, we've got one email that's come in that's critical of what you all have done. We want to read this and, and get your get your uh, reaction to it. Uh, we ask, uh, how should we react if we begin to get negative uh, reactions to the preaching of God's truth? And, and uh, Clay writes, can it be rightly said that this sign preached God's truth on the subject of homosexuality? I think the answer is no. The sign did not preach the truth because it did not preach the whole truth. Remember Acts 20, 27, where Paul said, For I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. God's truth on homosexuality is that gay men and women will not inherit the kingdom of God. However, they can change and be saved. For some reason, the hope of 1 Corinthians 6, 11 was conspicuously left off the sign. Why did the person who put up the sign shrink from declaring the whole counsel of God concerning homosexuality, particularly that they can change since 1 Corinthians 6.11 contains such a powerful message of hope. Why shrink back from sharing not a message of condemnation, but a message of hope and forgiveness? In this case, the negative attention is warranted because it appears to be slanted in the direction that says, we don't want gays, drunks, or adulterers at this church. Perhaps this negative attention will spur them and all of us to preach the whole counsel of God and not shrink back from any part of it, even that part that offers hope. Uh, now, does this mean that we will not be persecuted? No. Even when we preach the whole truth of homosexuality, both condemnation and forgiveness, we will be condemned by the world, but at least we can say we did not shrink from declaring the whole counsel of God. What do you think about that, Larry? Uh, in other words, this, this emailer is saying that maybe you deserve to be criticized because you all you did was con condemn homosexuality and you didn't tell the homosexuals that they can change, that they can repent, that they can be forgiven. What do you think? 
Well, I think that, uh, you know, with the limited amount of space we have there, what we're doing is presenting Scripture, and we believe Scripture speaks for itself, and it has the power to change lives. So uh, we put the verse there so people can read the, the parts that we can't necessarily put up there, uh, because it does go on to, to, to say that, uh, you know, Paul says that that's, that word, that's how you were at Corinth. So they've been washed, they've been sanctified, and they've been clean. So that's all there for a person to, to read. We just have limited space here, so we can't do that. And neither do we expect the sign to preach the whole counsel of God. It is a, it is a scripture that is there for people to consider and look at. And we know that generates people to think and dig deeper, and that's uh, the course that is there. And we always keep in mind that, you know, that uh, uh, we don't deem it as negative because that's God's speaking. It's not us. It's not our interpretation of it. It's just simply uh, God's word there. So, yeah, I agree with uh, I agree with that, Larry. And Jack uh, is in the chat room, and he says you can't put the whole Bible on the marquee. And so, uh, again, <laughs> you know, even if you were to put verse 11 on there, you haven't declared the whole counsel of God because there's other passages as well that talk about yeah. Christ. In, well, and Jack in the chat room makes an observation. He says marquees are usually used to get us to think and to search the Scripture that is listed. And, and that's what marquee signs are. I mean, if we understand that, the principle, it's, a, it's to be an attention getter. And then with the hope yeah. that the person who has their attention aroused will pursue that and, and find out more about what's being taught at, uh, at the Garden City Church of Christ or any other place that puts up a marquee ad. So uh, I, I, I understand what's being said here in this email, but I have to agree that you have to understand the sign, what the sign is for and, and what its limitations are. But we do have to preach the message of hope, and that that is a message that, that those who are struggling with the sin of homosexuality don't hear from the homosexual community. They hear that if you have the temptation, then you are a homosexual and you just need to just live with it, while God's Word teaches us the opposite, that uh, even though we may be tempted in any direction, we have hope through Christ. Another another uh, yeah. listener in the chat room, another Jack in the chat room says, good marquees should be able to be read in two to three seconds. Any longer or extended text is usually not read. He says this is based upon his advertising training. And so, in other words, it, it, it's, it's obviously a limited message. There's, But I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Larry, but I mean, I don't have any doubt that you teach that, the homosexuals and all other sinners have the hope of the scriptures that they can repent and be forgiven. I mean, the fact, the fact that that wasn't on the sign doesn't mean that that's not being taught there. Uh, and, and if somebody wants to ask, they'll find that out. Am I correct? Exactly. As a matter of fact, the lady that first started all this, she, she came and visited with us, and we talked to her about all of those details. And, and, uh, and she didn't agree with us, but she left Understanding we weren't a hate group, that we were, the Bible was teaching these things. We talked about the whole message of, uh, of how God expects repentance, and we have no standard. God has a standard. He determines who he accepts, and he only accepts those who obey Jesus Christ and obey the gospel. So um, she, had to, she left hugging us, um, you know, smiling and everything else, but she, she had to continue that course of action, I guess, to, to, to keep her followers uh, behind her. But, that's the proper way. We want people to come and and, uh, and ask us and talk with us because the whole council is uh, is not going to be put on the sign. It's what we have to do. That's our job to, to present the word of God and talk to people and teach them. And, and uh, Larry, did you ever? The reality of what we. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Did you ever think the day would come where you could put a Bible passage on a sign and you could get this kind of reaction from this kind of, of persecution? Uh, you know, I'll be honest with you, no. I, that is a little surprising from a church. You know, you could see if that was something posted on a government property or something like that. But this is on church property, and there's a sign, and, and we're, we're church, and we're posting scripture. And again, yeah. it is simply that. Yeah, this is not this is this is not your opinion or your think so or anything that originated. This is this is from the Word of God. And where does it where does it go from here, Larry? And this is this is this a start or is this the end? I mean, where's our society going in the future? You know, I I believe that it's it's, we're going to have to in the Lord's church. I believe we're going to have to go out to the edge and we're going to have to make that line very clear that uh, yes, what this is what we say because I believe a lot of times that. It's easy for us to shrink back and just not, you know, not deal with that subject because uh, it's only going to get worse because it's not been 
trying to shut us up. They're trying to shut God up. That's it. Because whenever you tell me to take a scripture down, you're telling me that you want God to shut up. And, and that's exactly where we have to kind of look at this. This battle is being fought on the, the, the level of, uh, of, of they don't want to hear anything our God has to say any longer. It's no reflection and, uh, on you. Exactly. We're we're just in the we're just in the qualifier, but they surprised uh, what our God has to say. Well, we appreciate we appreciate you standing for the truth there in Savannah, Georgia. Larry, couple come a couple comments in the chat room. Danny in Mississippi says, "Good job, Larry." Uh, Jack in Hampshire, Tennessee says, "Keep fighting the good fight, Larry." Uh, so we appreciate what you're doing down there. Uh, sorry for the grief that you've had to experience, but. Uh, it's it's a small thing in the big picture, and we appreciate yeah, we appreciate your courage. Yeah, thanks for joining yeah. us on the Virgin Bible Study, Larry. Well, thank you very much for having us, and you keep us in prayer. The brethren here are rejoicing over being able to suffer this that little bit of shame, and uh, we we you keep us in prayer. We're going to continue to, to do what's right. Uh, thanks, Larry. Thanks again for joining us tonight. All right. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you, All right. That's uh, Larry Wright from uh, Garden City, uh, Georgia, near Savannah, and uh, certainly an interesting story, and we look forward to hearing your take on it. Uh, we have 30 minutes left in the program and time for your feedback. Quickly before the break, you asked some other questions along yeah. these lines. We'll, we're going to talk about these on the other side in time for you to get your comments in. So, yeah, let's, uh, let's read these questions. Dan, you might pop them up on the screen. We asked for any direct questions or comments to Larry Wright, and we got several of those, and we appreciate them. Secondly, we ask, what's your personal prediction concerning what will happen in the future as we preach against homosexuality and, and other sins? What if, if, uh, I know we don't have any prophets today, but if you were to make a prediction, what mm -hmm. do you predict the future will have? Okay. Then, as a follow-up to that, how should we react if and when we begin to get these kind of negative reactions to the preaching of God's truth? Okay. And what guidelines or rules should we employ when dealing with controversial subjects like homosexuality what what would be some of the basic biblical guidelines or rules that need to be employed uh thirdly and we'll just touch on this briefly because we've talked on it many times on the virtual bible study what's your best bible argument to prove homosexuality is a sin and then as a follow-up to that those arguments you have against homosexuality should those arguments be proclaimed publicly or should the issue just be dealt with in sort of a private one-on-one -on -one individual basis okay uh, should we even be preaching about this, or okay. should we deal with it more discreetly? And then, uh, final question, do you agree or disagree with using a sign message on this subject like the Garden City Church used? Okay. Do you agree or disagree? They, should they have done that or not done that? We'd like to get your input on that. All right. And we'll go to those questions when we get back from All our right. break. We're going to take a break, and it's a perfect time for you to get on the phone, get on your email, or get in the chat room and let us know your thoughts. Surely you have some thoughts. We'll look forward to hearing from them. On the other side, don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Enjoying the virtual Bible study? Email a friend during this break and tell them to join in on the discussion. There's more exciting Bible study after this commercial. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. We all have some things that we do with great regularity. Certain activities are a part of every day. Things like bathing, dressing, brushing teeth, and so forth. Each person will have other unique practices that are incorporated into their normal routine. And while it's possible to get stuck in a rut, some of this regularity is important and helpful in making us more efficient individuals. With that idea in mind, we'd like to suggest some things that ought to become a regular part of every Christian's daily routine. Every day, for instance, we should pray. Pray daily for your fellow Christians, especially remembering the sick, the bereaved, those who are spiritually weak, those laboring under heavy burdens, and others who have special needs. Don't let these prayers be totally generic in nature. Think of specific individuals and mention them by name in your prayers. Second, regularly give thanks. In the course of your prayers, do not neglect to thank the Heavenly Father for all the wonderful blessings that He gives us. Again, be specific. Taking time to count your blessings every day will help you to gain a greater appreciation for what God has done for you. Especially spend time contemplating the great spiritual blessings that we have in Christ Jesus. Every day, spend time in study. Find some time each day to study God's Word. Get up a few minutes earlier. Break away in the middle of the day. Take time in the evening, but by all means, study the Word. This will help you to resist temptation and prepare you to explain your faith to others. And also, serve. The Christian life is to be a life of service. Instead of waiting for others to do things for you, look for some opportunity every day to do some deed of kindness for another individual. Your life will be happier if you concentrate less on self and more on others. 
That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. Hello. Hey, Matt. No, I don't have any plans for Friday night. What are you doing? Oh, I won't be able to go with you to watch that movie. Because, Matt, the movie is rated R. Hey, why don't you just come over and hang out at my house Friday night? Great, I'll see you there. Being pleasing to God means that you may have to be different than the crowd. But don't be afraid to stand up for what's right. It just might find it is easier than what you expect. A message brought to you by College U Church of Christ. Quit checking your email. The commercials are over and the virtual Bible study is ready to roll. Take it away, guys. We're back on the virtual Bible study tonight. We appreciate you for being on the other end of the line. And looks like we've got some listeners from the, the congregation down there in Garden City listening tonight. And uh, we, we commended uh, Larry for his stand. We should commend the whole congregation. Exactly they, they, right. They're all willing to take the stand. We appreciate that. Exactly right. Uh, I asked the question, Jacob. What's your prediction about what's going to happen in the future as we preach against homosexuality and other sins? Uh, and Larry mentioned, and I think it is exactly right, it, it's going to get worse. It's not going to get better. Okay. Uh, in Second Timothy chapter, uh, chapter 3, verse 12, beginning, Yea, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and been assured of. And so Paul said things would get worse and worse. And I don't think that we have any reason to expect otherwise. Our friend Randy in Jackson, Missouri, sent me a a, uh, a news article uh, just on how bad it is and how uh, it's getting worse and worse. Yesterday, June 1st, President Obama declared June as Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, and Transgender Month. The whole month. The whole month of June. Wow. Wow. Uh, uh, the proclamation read, in part, the story of America's lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender community is the story of our fathers and sons, our mothers and daughters, and our friends and neighbors who continue the task of making our country a more perfect union. It is a story about mm -hmm. the struggle to realize the great American promise that all people can live with dignity and fairness under the what law. What a bunch of garbage. And I'm, I'm, I'm not being disrespectful to our leader, but that that that's crazy. You know, it, it, it's shocking that they get this kind of attention even at the national level. Uh, Dr. Gary Cates of the Williams Institute at the UCLA School of Law says an estimated 3.5% of adults in the United States identify themselves as lesbian, gay, or bisexual. I mean, it's a tiny fraction of the population, and yet they get all of this attention. Uh, but here's what's really alarming. A recent Gallup poll said that, that more than half, 56% of Americans say gay or lesbian relations is morally acceptable. How many? 56% of Americans 56%. say that, that, that homosexual relations are morally acceptable. 40% believe that being gay is something that a person is born with. 64% mm. of Americans say that gay or lesbian relations between consenting adults should be legal. I tell you, that's that, that's just how successful the homosexuals have been in a, pushing their in agenda. In a couple decades, yeah, at the most, yeah. And you know, it's got to be the media. The media has got to be uh, the the main driving force of that. It is it is a continual theme in the media. You're getting hit and bombarded with it constantly. It's affecting the way that Christians think as well. And I've asked this question before on this program, Dad, and I think it uh, I think the answer that I got was correct. It will not be long until members that have of what we would consider faithful congregations are defending homosexuality. We've we've turned our back on what God says about marriage. And there's no reason to think that that people who claim to be Christians, faithful Christians, will not turn their back on what God says about homosexuality because our society is being so aggressive about it. In other words, that's your prediction. We asked for a prediction, and you're making that prediction. I hate to think that that could possibly be true, but uh, I, I've never ceased to be amazed. And so yep. you you unfortunately may be right on that all right oh that proclamation was in actually july june 1 of 2009 uh so that's uh, that was that's been two years ago so it's even worse now than yeah. it was then probably so it's going to get worse uh and uh, i'd be glad uh uh to hear more of your predictions about uh where you think it's going let's take the second part of that question how how are we going to react when we start getting negative reactions like the garden city church did uh, they just put up a part of a passage from 1 Corinthians chapter 6 that condemned 
homosexuality as well as adultery and drunkenness. Now, that passage condemns other sins as well. Obviously, the sign is limited space. And so the person who put that up, one of the members there, picked those three sins to identify them as sins that will keep people out of heaven. Mm-hmm. They, uh, the, the adulterers didn't react. The drunks didn't react. But the homosexuals reacted aggressively against what was being said on that marquee sign. What are we going to do if we start getting those kind of reactions? What if, and, and I don't think it's beyond the scope of possibilities that maybe they'll send people into our assemblies to listen to what we say. And if they hear any hint of a condemnation of homosexuality, then we get accused of hate speech, maybe even prosecuted for engendering uh, you know, hate uh, in our society. What are we going to do when they start pressing harder? Because I think they're going to be pressing harder. What will our reaction be? The number to call is 877-381-4567. Love to hear from you on the phone tonight. Send an email to questions at collegeview.com to let your voice be heard on this important subject. We've got to be prepared uh, as it appears that our society becomes more and more evil and uh, the support of this sin it becomes more and more accepted. Uh, what will our stand be and how will we, we be re- received as we stand for the truth? Uh, Jack in Hampshire, Tennessee says in the chat room, we should be ashamed. Homosexuals are being vocal. Conservatives are lazy and not speaking up. We've got to speak up. You know, we, we have a, a, a perfect apostolic example of what to do when, when the society tries to pressure us to be quiet yep. and to stop speaking the truth of God. In Acts chapter 4, the apostles were called before the Jewish council. They tried to shut them up in verse 18, Acts 4, verse 18, they called them and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than to God, judge ye, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So they would not be still. Uh, they, they prayed to God, verse 29, Acts 4, 29, Now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness, they may speak thy word. That's what we need. Pray for boldness to speak the word of God in the face of opposition. We also have another example of someone who is approved in a society very similar to ours, and it is someone that we would not necessarily think of as being approved, and that is the example of Lot. We think about the things that happened after he left Sodom, but he's, he's praised for the things that happened while he lived in Sodom in Second Peter chapter 2, verse 7, and delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked for that righteous man dwelling among them, and seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. You know, that it, it, it ate at Lot. It bothered Lot when he lived among this wickedness. We've got to make, ask ourselves, does that, that when we see the wickedness on our television sets, in the movies, in the society that we live in, does it bother us? Does it, does it make us uncomfortable and uneasy? Does it vex our soul? Or are we... Allowing the society to sort of it wears wear us down. down. Yeah. It wears us down. I don't have any doubt that it wears us down. One more example of the apostles when they faced opposition. The opposition got stronger in Acts chapter 5 at verse 27. The council called them again. Set them before They were set before the council and the high priest asked them, Did we not straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. That's got to be our reaction. They were beaten. Verse 40, they beat them and let them go and commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus. But they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house, they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. And so when we face this opposition, we've got to stay vexed in our spirit, as you said, Jacob. It's got to keep us upset. Yeah. The sin that's around not just any homosexuality. Sin. Not just sin. Homosexual. That, that sin is sin has been moted yeah. out in the yeah. chat yeah. room tonight. Yeah. Uh, we've got to be vexed by the sinful culture and society that we're in. We've got to keep speaking God's truth. When we get pressured, when the opposition arises, we've got to be like the apostles. We've got to obey God rather than men. We can't but speak the things we've seen. When we're watching television and, and Andy lies to Barney on the Andy Griffith show, that needs to bother us just like the, the flagrant homosexual does. We've got to stay on guard. Our society is trying to wear us down. As you mentioned, Dad, another uh, word we could use is conform us, trying to get us to accept sin. We've got to constantly bring ourselves back to what the Scriptures teach and be reminded of God's position on sin. It is a disgusting thing to God. It costs the life of his, uh, it cost him his son, and we've got to make sure 
that we understand if you send that way. Perry in the in email says, uh, uh, first, uh, Second Timothy 2, 24 through 26 teaches us to respond with kindness, gentleness, and patience. As you've already pointed out, we need to respond with the scriptures. For example, the woman who was interviewed in the clip said that it was her firm belief that everybody deserves to be in the kingdom of God and doesn't take exception. In response, the scriptures speak for themselves in Acts 10, 34, and 35 that God is not one to show partiality, but in every nation the person who fears God and does what is right is welcome to, uh, to him. God demands repentance of sin. He will not accept us if we are in rebellion against him. However, he will accept anyone who is willing to do his will. Uh, so when, when we meet that kind of opposition, we need to respond with the scriptures and make sure that everybody understands that that's the basis of our, of our answer. Uh, I ask a, another follow-up question along that line. What guidelines or rules should we employ when dealing with controversial subjects? Um, let's see. Uh, the chat room has been dealing with this somewhat. Well, we've got, we've got uh, a lot. Uh, Ephesians yeah. chapter 4, verse 15 is uh, re- uh, referenced by, I guess, 445 where it speaks of speaking the truth in love. We must do that. Yeah, Jack in Hampshire says part of the reaction by homosexuals to be so aggressive is due in part to how harsh Christians act toward homosexuals. We're hard on them and don't act lovingly. To the extent that that's true, then we need to change that. Uh, Another Jack in the chat room says making jokes about homosexuals, even from the pulpit, is definitely not the right way. Uh, Guest 445 says, I think... We act lovingly when in love we show them what the scriptures say. Again, we love them. We do not love their act of homosexuality. Uh, and John uh, Jack 48 uh, says uh, that we need to make sure that we're not watching movies and shows where this type of behavior is shown. And he also says dressing in drag and making light of effeminate behavior is not standing for the truth. And many Christians find humor in that. You know, there's nothing humorous about homosexuality, and it should not be uh, anything that we laugh at in the form of a joke or uh, or imitating the behavior. It's, it's it's a repulsive sin, as is all sin, and we shouldn't joke or laugh about any sin. Exactly right. Uh, another comment in the chat room: A faithful friend must sometimes speak words that bring pain. If your words hurt, they are they spoken lovingly. Are they offered as faithful wounds, the kind that are necessary for your friend's best interest? Speaking the truth can be done without love, even with a friend, but speaking the truth in love means you speak with respect, gentleness, and kindness, maintaining your friend's dignity. And he references also Job 42, 7 and following, Ephesians 4, 25 through 5, 2, James 1, 5 through 8. So I think that when we're asking uh, about the, the guidelines when dealing with controversial subjects, not just homosexuality. Speak the truth in love, Ephesians 4, verse 15. Uh, but but we've got to speak. We've got to speak up. We've got to say what needs to be heard. And we need to do it in such a way that the focus is not on us, but on the Word. I think i got to commend Larry Wright, oh, yeah. uh, that interview that he did on excellent, the news channel. Excellent. In other words, he kept the focus on the fact this is God's Word. He, he, he didn't... didn't respond in a hateful or, uh, you know, vengeful way at all. Uh, he, he was level-headed, cool, and collected. Not enough he, to bring his Bible. I, I would have just probably gone to the front door and started talking to the camera. He had his Bible there to show that he was teaching from the, from the Scriptures. He did just a great job. Yeah, in, in uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 12, it says, Having your conversation, that is your manner of life, Honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. In other words, take the focus off of us. Put it on the word of God. Don't do anything. In other words, we we should not conduct ourselves in any way that the media or those who oppose the truth or anybody else can focus on us. We should do, uh, I think Larry did a great job. Deal with it. It's in the scripture. You know, it's not me. It's not my opinion. This is he's just reading the scripture. You're on a roll. Can you idle down for a minute so we can take a break? Yeah, let's take a break. All right, we're gonna take a break and then we're going to the top of the hour. But we want to hear from you. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. The chat room is just uh, too much of a buzz tonight. Uh, you'll get uh, some good information there if you'll scroll through that and read what listeners are saying. We'll miss most of that, but we'd love to hear from you on the program tonight. Don't go anywhere. We go to the top of the hour. Right after this. 
Have you checked out all of the resources on collegeview.com lately? Check it out now while you listen to these important messages. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. This is Monty Overton, a member of the College View Church of Christ. Thanks for listening to the virtual Bible study. We appreciate your interest in the Bible. It is, after all, God's message to us. We thought you might be encouraged by a poem written by A.Z. Conrad entitled, The Bible Stands. It goes like this. Century follows century, there it stands. Empires rise and fall and are forgotten, there it stands. Dynasty succeeds dynasty, there it stands. Kings are crowned and uncrowned, there it stands. Emperors decree its extermination, there it stands. Atheists rail against it, there it stands. Agnostics smile cynically, there it stands. Profane, prayerless punsters caricature it, there it stands. Unbelief abandons it, there it stands. Higher critics deny its claimed inspiration, there it stands. The flames are kindled against it, there it stands. The tooth of time gnaws but makes no dent in it, there it stands. Infidels predict its abandonment, there it stands. Modernism tries to explain it away, there it stands. I am Nestor Sanchez from Arica, Chile in South America, and I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. And this moment, I invite you to participate in this program too. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Colossians 3:17. Now, back to the program. We're back on the Virtual Bible Study. Nestor listens down in South America, and wherever you are listening around the world, we are glad that you're listening. Why not send us a note and let us know where you are and how you listen to the program. We'd love to hear from you. We're we, got, we got an email from Aaron in, in Singapore. Singapore. That's right. Yeah. All right, uh, Eric, or Aaron, go ahead. Okay, we ask, uh, what's your best argument to prove that homosexuality is a sin, and should these arguments be proclaimed publicly, or should this issue be dealt with in a more private or individual basis? Take them over to the side, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Aaron answers, the best argument against the acceptance of homosexuality is Paul's description in Romans 1. Uh, I think that's right, Romans 1, the second half of the chapter, basically. But many people object that somehow homosexuality can't be a sin because Jesus never talked about it. Quote, Jesus never quote, talked about it. So we need to be ready to address that. Even though we don't draw a distinction between Jesus' teaching and Paul's, the fact of the matter is Jesus did talk about it. Jesus defined marriage in Matthew 19, and he clearly condemned fornication in places like Mark 7, verse 21. Sexual contact, according to Jesus, outside of marriage is wrong, and marriage is exactly what Jesus said it was. Anything else is sin. I thought that's a pretty good answer on dealing with uh, you know this argument. Jesus never condemned homosexuals. All right. Uh, then also uh, um, the the question. Well, well, we'll get to this question. Do you agree uh, or disagree with using a signed message on a subject like this, such as the Garden City Church used? We've got two answers here. We we talked uh, a little bit uh, from Clay's email. Yeah, we, we didn't like, get Clay's guidelines either. We need yeah, to yeah, talk okay, about his ahead, guidelines. You ask what guidelines or rules should we employ when dealing with controversial subjects? He, he and again he's talking about uh, you know the whole counsel of God, and he he didn't think that this was appropriate to put it on the sign. And here's his uh, take on that, uh, according to your question, uh, with his understanding there. He said the number one guideline should be present the whole context of a passage when dealing with any subject, and especially controversial ones. Would people have to come to this congregation? Would people have come? Right? Oh, would people have come to this congregation's defense if it had put on their sign, "There is no God," which is a partial quote from Psalm 1, uh, 10, verse 4, 14, uh, 1, 53, 1. There is no difference in quoting part of First Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, and quoting a select part of Psalm uh, 10, 4, and so on and so on. I have to disagree there. I, I, I have too. to. That, that's that's not the same thing. That is not the meaning of those verses. The, the, the Psalms 10, verse 4. Where if you pulled out the phrase, there is no God, that is a, that's not what the passage is teaching. And the passage is teaching that homosexuals... But 1 Corinthians 6 is teaching that homosexuals will not inherit the kingdom of God. Correct. And the true there is another... another there's, there's more, more to, to go the with passage. That. There's more to the passage, but that's, those, are not, that, those are not parallel examples. All right. Uh, he said, the sign is an extension of our teaching programs. We would never allow preachers or Bible class teachers to shrink back from presenting just part of God's word... And so we should not allow partial messages on our signs, especially for controversial subjects. If the church wanted to use 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, then they could have broken it up over several weeks, highlighting each group uh, and the condemnation of the sin and the hope for forgiveness. While this will not have uh, stifled all negative uh, reactions, it would have mitigated it somewhat since the whole counsel of God was presented. Again, you can't, you can't 
you could you have to put the whole you have to put the whole scriptures on there, all the uh, the whole Bible on there to get the whole counsel of God. I mean, well, even, even I, if you talk about even if you, if you talk about forgiveness and that it's through Christ, you'd have to go all the way back to Genesis one to talk about how it's God's plan from the foundation of the world. If you're going to present the whole counsel of God, you, you can't. Yeah, I think I think it's outside the scope of a marquee sign to do exactly what Clay is suggesting. Now, understand that we're we're completely in sympathy with the fact that we need to teach the scriptures in context, and we need to take the whole counsel of God. I don't think anybody is arguing that. The question is the sign uh, and, and the use of the sign on a controversial subject like this. Marquee signs are attention getters. That's what they're for. Clearly, the Garden City Church got the attention of their community by putting up a sign which indicated that they stand with the word of God in opposition to the sin of homosexuality. We need to do that. Now, I mean, again, you have to leave room for judgment here as to whether you'd use the marquee sign to do that or not. But I don't think that it's a a fair criticism to say that you can't put any passage up there if you don't quote the whole context of the passage. That makes it impossible. You You couldn't just put sin is wrong on the sign. If you're going to have, if you have to, you know, put everything else that goes along with it, you couldn't put something like that on. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, someone told me when when we were discussing that this would be our subject night. That apparently, Savannah, Georgia, is a haven of homosexuals. Uh, someone told me it's like the San Francisco of the Southeast. Savannah, Georgia, is apparently I didn't know this, but it is apparently notorious for its homosexual population, and so. Maybe in that place, it's especially appropriate to put a sign up there saying homosexuality is going to keep you out of heaven. All right. And then and then if someone's upset enough about that to investigate, we'll tell them. But you don't have to go to hell. You can repent and you can be forgiven. You know, but the the purpose of the sign was to get their attention, let them know that this is not acceptable in the sight of God. Along those lines, Aaron in Singapore uh, sends in this comment. He said, it used to be that churches of many different flavors would willingly defend their beliefs. Unfortunately, churches in modern society have gone so far in adopting the I'm okay, you're okay philosophy that it literally shocks them to hear anyone say that any particular course of action is wrong or sinful because those words have almost disappeared from their vocabulary. In trying to reach the public, it does little good nowadays to simply say what is right because that message makes no impact on many people. They will not react unless they hear someone, some of the rebuke along with the exhort. Uh, it is good that some people still insist that not only must we have no fellowship with the works of darkness, but we must expose them, Ephesians 5, verse 11, so I have no problem with the sign. That's, so, a, that's a good verse, Ephesians 5, 5.11. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather rebuke them or expose them, Ephesians 5, verse 11. And that's what the Garden City Church was doing, I think. Uh, Clay goes on to say, I do not agree with using a uh, – now, he's taking the other side. He says, I do not agree with using a sign message on this subject like the Garden City Church used for the express reason that it did not contain the message of hope found in those verses. The gospel means good news, and this message contained none of that. The sign message contained none of that. Brethren, let us not shrink back from proclaiming the whole counsel of God. Sinners are condemned, but they can be saved if they repent, even homosexuals. Nobody, nobody's we agree with that. that. Nobody, we agree no, that. And, and that needs to be taught. And, I, and Larry Wright in the Church of Garden City doesn't disagree. And he that teaches is, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. and that's what we need to teach. But he, And Clay concludes by saying anything that falls short of that, whether it's from the pulpit or from a sign, fails to truly proclaim God's word. All right. Guest 445 has... Uh, but a challenge, he said, should all congregations put this verse on their sign? Will College View put this on their sign next week? Uh, I don't know. We'll have to think about that. Uh, uh, you know, I have done that before. Uh, I, I remember uh, one time in the past put a sign, put on our marquee sign two sermons on homosexuality this Sunday. And I didn't say whether I was for it or against yeah. it. I just said two sermons on homosexuality this Sunday. Yeah. It got a call of complaint. I mean, and, and you that know, was the, 20 years ago, the response was, you don't know what I'm going to say yet. But they, <laughs> they knew that, that it was going to be negative, And so they were uh, opposing it. So I'm, I'm not opposed to putting it. I have done it in the past. I have put that on marquee signs in the past. OK. All right. Well, we are out of time, uh, but uh, it's been a good discussion. Lots of comments that we missed. Um, and uh, we do appreciate our listeners for being out there tonight and uh, look forward to them joining us again in the future. Dad, uh, Final thoughts? Uh, no. Uh, just appreciate the church there in Garden City. Uh, 
I think we understand some, uh, and, and it's been expressed here. Some people might not use the same judgment that they did in putting up that sign, but I, I, I respect their determination to take a stand, and apparently in a community where that is a particularly bad sin. All right. Uh, yeah, Adia is in the chat room, and uh, she says that it uh, is very prevalent there in Savannah. So, yeah. And it's prevalent in our society. It's going to be this is a sign of the times. All right. All right. Uh, Dan has been behind the controls tonight and has done a great job. Dan, thank you for being here on the program. Uh, Dad, we appreciate your time. Thank you, Jacob. Appreciate you for listening to the program. Again, we'd like to hear from you anywhere you're listening around the world. uh, Just send us an email and let us know you're out there. And if you have any question or comment about something that you've heard or if you have a suggestion for a future topic on the Virtual Bible Study, we'd love to hear from you. We hope you'll make plans to be back here next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And in the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life Study his inspired word of the Bible and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.